Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. You've heard the rumors before, perhaps some whispers written between the lines of the textbooks. Conspiracies, paranormal events, all those things that disappear from the official explanations. Tune in and learn more of the stuff they don't want you to know in this video podcast from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. With me, as always, is the lovely and esteemed Charles W. Chuckers Bryant. How you doing, buddy? I'm all right. How are you? Slightly under the weather, I see. Tad? Yeah. Everyone send out their well wishes. Oh, thanks. That's right. You'll be well by the time this comes out, though. Probably, but it'll still warm my heart to see well wishes. Yeah, exactly. Chuck, I don't know if you got the email, but we've been asked to uh, mention a couple of shows that are coming out, companion shows, that are coming out on the Science Channel. Um, the road to Punkin' Chunkin' and Punkin' Chunkin' itself. Naturally. Yeah. Yeah. And that, Josh, is uh, Thanksgiving night, if you're bored after your turkey, on the Science Channel. Uh-huh. Starting at 8, at 8, 8 Eastern Time, right? Yeah. So, uh, can we get back to it? Yeah, let's do it. Great. Chuck. Josh. Do you remember coming into that delivery room from the womb with your mom going, Eah! And you all wet and nasty and cold all of a sudden and everything's bright and there's people spanking you and you're suddenly a little perturbed. I remember being perturbed. That sounds like last Friday night for me. <laughs> no, but, no, no, I don't remember no, that. I'm not talking about any goat being around. Okay. Um, no, I, d- I don't remember that. Nor do I. I'm totally full of it. And apparently no one remembers this. That's true. Being born is impossible as far as we know. As far as we know. Agreed. Um, So anytime you hear somebody describing how they remember being born, you can punch them in the stomach and call them a liar. Do people say that? I've heard it before. Yeah. It's rare. (laughs) But yeah, people do say that they have uncovered that memory. Right. What, through primal uh, therapy or are we getting there? You got a little foreshadowing? Binge huh. going on I know there, that's pal? literally like the last thing we're probably going to cover, and I ruined it. <laughs> well, let's talk about this, Chuck. Why can't you remember being born? Especially because they're, they think that infants are able to form memories. Right. So why wouldn't we be able to be formed? And, and what's going on here? Like, that's just weird that our brains wouldn't start forming memories until a certain age sure. after we're born. What's right. up with that? Why don't we remember being in the womb or sitting on a cloud waiting to come down into <laughs> your mom's tummy or right. you know, being like a, a Laotian gunman or something before you got to the cloud, that ah, kind of yes. thing. Why don't we remember any of that? Well, uh, we can get to that in one second, but we should go ahead and just say historically that uh, for many, many, many years, like a 100 years, they thought that... We just simply, our little baby brains weren't formed enough to uh, to be able to make these memories happen. Right. Which but is that's, that's a true. legitimate theory, right? Yeah, I don't think they looked into it that much, though. But, I mean, we develop at a certain pace. Like, we don't even have kneecaps for the first several, what, months, two years, maybe? Oh, really? Yeah, you don't have kneecaps, pal. <sighs> I don't think I knew that. That's why baby legs are so weird looking. You just want to chew on them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, so we develop like we don't we don't come out of the womb fully grown. Right. So you can, it's not the most bonehead. It, it's not spontaneous regeneration bad sure. theory. No, but they didn't for about a hundred years. They didn't even look into it much. I don't think. And then for the past twenty years, 
They've started to. Well, hold on. What is it called? Are you talking about childhood amnesia? I am, previously known as infantile amnesia. By your favorite, Mr. Sigmund Freud. Oh, and guess what? What a surprise. He said that it had to do with repressed sexual urges. Right. Holy cow, I can't believe it. Freud equated something with sex. Everything. Sex, sex, yeah. sex. It's crazy. Sure. He said that we, uh, what we did was we repressed our memories of traumatic, often sexual urgings, <laughs> and formed screen memories to, uh, to block the unconscious id. Right, and by screen memories, no memories is another way to put that. Sure. Uh, because most people apparently can't come up with a concrete memory uh, from their childhood until they turned about age three. Right. But that's when you, st- that's as far back as most people can remember. I yeah, I can remember back that far. My first memory was in my first house that we moved from when I was three. And I remember very specifically. Uh, a couple of things. I remember my mom wrapping her uh, wedding ring on the back window when it was time for, to come in and eat. And I remember uh, right before we moved out, we were eating on the floor. There was, you know, all the furniture was was gone. And the next door neighbor, Billy Bright, came up to our screen door and like stood in the doorway and just watched us eat. And I remember that. Huh. And I was three. Gotcha. What about you? Uh, my earliest memory, um, I must have been pretty young because I was still wearing diapers. So I was, I was 17. definitely less than, <laughs> oh, I was younger than seven. Okay. Um, and I uh, was banging goodbye on a storm window, a storm door. Uh-huh. Uh, and my older sister Karen was babysitting me. And my mom was leaving. That's how I used to say goodbye. So I couldn't talk. So I was right. definitely younger than six. Sure. Um, and I was banging on the storm window and just put my arm right through it. Ah. And I, I remember that scene. Um, but that's. That's my earliest Well, no wonder you remember that. Were you cut and wounded? I was. I don't remember pain or anything like that, but I was definitely bleeding everywhere. I remember my sister Karen just screaming bloody murder. She was so freaked out. I love that you were mannish enough at that age to put your arm through a storm door. Yeah, I was like, it's nothing. Don't worry about it, Karen. It's not a Josh door. Right, yeah. And then I went and started a fire. Wow, good for you. So um, that's my earliest memory. Um, right. But it, again, it's like it's sporadic. I can't really, I can't tell you what age it, it took place at. Yeah, well, me um, either, aside from knowing that I lived in that house and I and moved at three. One of the things that um, I, re- I recognize that as a very concrete memory, though, is that there's no photos of it. Apparently, if you look through family photos, it's very easy to right. generate false memories. Okay. Um, that makes sense. Or, you know, obviously you can support the memories that you do have as vague as they are by looking at family photos, but mm-hmm. these serve as cues. There were no photos of this one, and I was wearing diapers, so right. to me this constitutes my earliest memory. We'll get to the cues as well in a minute. But what they did figure out in the past 20 years from doing a lot of uh, studying is that they've determined that children as young as three months old can actually form memories. It's just the fact that these memories don't stick around as long-term. Right, and even more than that, they've also determined that we're born with um, the ability to form unconscious memories. Yeah, talk about that. That's pretty cool. Okay, so basically we have two kinds of memory. We have um, uh, explicit memory, right? Sure. Do you remember when we talked about dogs perceiving time? Yeah. We touched on this then, too. Right. Uh, We talked about explicit memory or um, semantic memory. No, I'm sorry. We talked about explicit memory, right? Or episodic memory is the name of it. Right. Um, and then there's the other kind, the unconscious memories, um, which are referred to as semantic. So you remember when I asked you in how do dogs perceive time, mm-hmm. um, you know, what you had for breakfast? Right, right. And you were describing it in detail, which lent itself to, ev- it, it was 
evidential that that was an episodic memory. Like you clearly had a memory. Right, I could something. recall senses and right. things like that. With a semantic memory, that's uh, where you learn how to play a piano. Uh, and you might not remember learning to play the piano, but you can remember how to play the piano because you right. learned it. You're accessing a different kind of memory. Right. And oddly enough, if you like lose your memory in an accident or something, you mm-hmm. have amnesia, you may be able to still remember how to play the piano. I find this stuff absolutely fascinating. Yeah, me too. Okay, so for unconscious memory, um, we're born with that. But it ta- it does take uh, several months, if not years, to start to develop episodic memory, right? Right. So how does episodic memory work? Well, is that what, are you talking about encoding? Yeah. Okay. Well, the brain, obviously, to uh, create a memory, you need to create a synapse, which is just a connection uh, firing within your brain. Yeah, between two neurons. Right. And... Uh, what happens is when you when you have a memory, you encode that memory, that sensory information, into your memory bank, and then from there your brain categorizes it, kind of files it away like you would on your computer. Yeah, isn't that weird to think think about this, Chuck? There are a series of brain cells in your brain right now. Right, just a few <laughs> that that are connected uh, via synapses. Yeah, that are responsible for maintaining your memory of the scent of a gardenia. I know. How mind-boggling is that? My brain is melting. Okay, so when you think of the scent of a gardenia, you can come up with it, right? Yeah. You can kind of remember what it's like. I'm right now. I'm right there. Apparently, when you smell a gardenia over and over, mm-hmm. um, you can pick up more uh, elements of that smell. Oh, more nuances and, within and, the right, smell? Right, exactly. And you can add to that memory more and more and more. That makes sense. Right? But also... The more that you think about the scent of a gardenia, the more uh-huh. that you recall it, the stronger that memory gets, right? Uh, yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Kind of like a chef with uh, their palate. So, yeah, right. But, I mean, it's like if you train yourself to think of something or you think of something a lot naturally, yeah. your memories of it become stronger right. um, because that neural connection through the synapses um, becomes stronger. Okay. Biochemically stronger. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Like when I think of milk steak. I can, I can recall that scent. Because I think about it on a daily basis. I don't know what that is, but that's like the second <laughs> time this week I've heard that. What is milk steak? Well, it was from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia last week. Okay, so what was that? A milk steak is a real thing. I think it's a steak that's literally boiled in milk. And I get the impression that it's some old school, like from the 1800s Gotcha, or something. okay. But it was very funny, obviously, on that show for Charlie to say it's his favorite food. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so where were we? Memory. Uh, once your brain has filed those things away, mm-hmm. if you want to recall that memory uh, after it's consolidated, you need to retrieve these files like you would on your computer again. Same way. and um, Well, not the same way, but the same same theory. And uh, in order to do this, it, your brain literally retraces those original synapses mm-hmm. that led to the memory in the first place. So it pulls up all that information for you. I read another article on, on memory formation, and that process was compared to um, wearing a path through the woods, right? Right. You go through the first time, uh, you might it might consist of like some broken ferns or branches or something like that. So you can kind of find your way. But over the course of months or years, the more you use it, the more sure. visible it is and the more easily accessible it is. Oh, that makes like forging a trail? Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right. So what, we're talking about encoding because of uh, the original held belief that babies could not encode. Right. They thought, all right, well, maybe they have this memory, but they can't encode it. Uh, not true. So says a study with the mobile the little babies in the mobile in the ribbon. How yeah, cute they is would. That? They, they their took, little kneeless baby leg. <laughs> they uh, took these little chubby baby legs and they uh, we're talking two and three month olds and they tied ribbon 
to, uh, I guess jute rope would have been cruel to little tender baby legs. <laughs> right. Or just so, sew it with like a rusty right. needle and twine. Yeah. So they take ribbon and they tie it to a baby's legs and then tie it to a mobile above their head. And they found that a baby learned that by kicking their legs, they would make the mobile move, which made the babies coo and purr, I would imagine. <laughs> but I thought babies always kick their legs, so I kind of wondered about this. That one, uh, I, I found that same, I had that same idea myself, because later on, when they placed the same babies under a mobile, mm-hmm. uh, they would start kicking their legs like they wanted to make it move with the with the ribbon, although the ribbon was no longer attached. And they right. took from that that they remembered that, if you're under a mobile, kick your legs. Maybe and they're moves. just saying, "I don't have kneecaps." Maybe <laughs> kicking their legs around. Yeah, but that that actually raises a really excellent point. Like, I'm pretty sure any evidence that you can come up with, it's like trying to determine whether or not animals are happy. Yeah, sure. We uh, we express our worldviews, our emotions, everything verbally. Yeah, yeah. Or th- or through written language, but it's through language. So before, mm-hmm. while we're pre-verbal. Um, Everything is up in the air. We, it's, yeah. it's almost impossible to come up with definitive evidence of anything that surrounds True. infants. That's you know? actually that's a good setup for later too with the verbal. But that's just a tease. Okay. Uh, the, the just to close on that study though, they found that six month old babies actually picked up that uh, relationship between kicking legs and the mobile moving uh, faster. Mm-hmm. So this is what led them to think that babies actually gradually accelerate that instead of. Oh, we have no memory, and all of a sudden it's my third birthday, and now I do have memory. So right. it's a gradual thing instead of a sudden, uh, a rapid growth. And there's a, another type of memory called implicit memory, right? Yes. Is th- this is um, this is we're born with this, but it's also different from uh, our ability to form unconscious memories. It's controlled by the um, cerebellum. Um, and basically, this is like our ability to remember that. Oh, yeah, we are hungry, and we need to eat. Right. Um, or, you know, we need to seek out the our mother's warmth or something like that. Sure. Like I hear her voice and I know that means that uh, the milk is coming soon. So that, that – but that also sticks with us throughout our entire lives. So we don't necessarily forget that, right? Right. So, I mean, you don't ever forget like, oh, I'm hungry. I need to eat or, you know, I, I would like to be warm right now. Right, right. That usually helps me survive. Um, but we're not, it, it's not centered around necessarily a, a, a specific event in time. We've yet True. to figure out how to put things in the context of a timeline, which apparently is where real explicit memory begins. Right. right. And that's when you need the cues. And that's what we've kind of figured out. Not we, of course, but that's what they have figured out is the diff between the babies and the adults. Right. Is they w- cannot pick up on the cues. From their past, and one of them that you were talking about was uh, speech, verbalization. Right. So we we apparently, not only do we use uh, language to express ourselves or our thoughts or views or opinions or emotions even, um, we also apparently form memories using language. Yeah, autobiographical memories. Right. There was this really interesting study that um, is in this article, which, by the way, uh, is called Can a Person Remember Being Born? It's on the site. It was written by the esteemed and um, now famous Kristen Conger. Yes, of uh, Stuff Mom Never Told You. Right. And uh, it's a very dense article. i got to say, there was not much fluff in here. Right. No, Chuck uh, Chuck usually highlights like the, the most important ones. Yeah. I'm looking at his article right now. The entire article is yellow. It's all yellow. Yeah, it's good a good job, article. So this study, it was a 2004 study, um, and it found that um, 
It was a study of 27 and 39-month-old boys and girls, and it found that if children didn't know the words to describe an event when it happened, yeah, uh, they couldn't describe it later after learning the appropriate words. That is awesome. Isn't it? It's very cool. So apparently our language development and memory formation are very closely tied. And as you'll notice, that was a 2004 study. We're just starting to crack um, the, the mystery of uh, childhood amnesia. Right, right. You know? I got another one for you, too. Let's hear it. Uh, in relation to uh, memory, context has a lot to do with it. And what they found in another study was that preschool-age kids can explain sequential order, but sequential order is not the same thing as a timeline of your life. Right. So if, you, if you're if you taken to a circus, you might remember first the, the clown came out, right. and then the bear attacked the uh, trainer. Exactly. And that kind of thing. But it's not like, this happened... Two days before I started reading the Ramona Quimby series, right. something like that. Exactly, and that, like you, like like I was saying, that timeline is mm-hmm. what forms our life. Yep. Or else we just have a cluster of like weird memories of like bears attacking trainers, and you know, one chapter of a Ramona Quimby book or right. setting something on fire. Sure. And how can you, uh, if our lives are nothing but a string of memories and hopes for the future, mm-hmm. what kind of life is that if we don't have a timeline to fit it on? Good point. That's how we develop our sense of self. Absolutely. And uh, what was uh, there was another cool stat in here about um, how it ties to self-recognition and uh, your ability to recognize yourself as yourself. And they say that they don't think babies have this skill and they cannot basically don't have a personal identity until they're about two years old. Not only that, they have no um, sense of um, concreteness of the world around them. Right. So I can't remember what age. It's it's a very young age that they start to develop this. But say within the first two months, mm-hmm. when you're sitting there cooing over a baby right. and you leave their field of vision, mm-hmm. you're gone. You don't exist any longer. And you never did. Well, that's sad. Isn't it? <laughs> so luckily that goes away very quickly because, I mean, again, what right. kind of way is that to live? Don't but, tell the moms that. Isn't that's, that odd? Sure. Like you don't exist when you're not in their field of vision. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of comforting almost in a way, too. I guess when you thump them and run away, they're just like, yeah. I wish I could be forgotten hurt? instantly by many people I meet. Oh, that's kind of nice. Um, and what about the cultural aspect of this? I found this interesting as well, Stat Boy. Yeah, they, they found that, uh, and this isn't surprising for some reason, but they found in relation to memory that Westerners' uh, personal memories focus more on themselves, whereas Easterners remember themselves as part of a group mm-hmm. scenario. Isn't that? Yeah, it's because we're selfish. Selfish Westerners. I know. Me, me, me. Uh, and the other cool thing, too, about the parents, they said that parents can, and this is really good for parents to know, actually, the more that you describe things to your children as they're growing up, the better they're going to not only be able to recall that, but be able to describe their own experiences later in life. Yeah. The more detailed you get with your uh recounting, like, you know, remember we went to the zoo yesterday and you saw the bear that had the... The bow tie on, and then the guy threw the peanut at him, and where should I go from here? <laughs> right. So the more detailed you are with, with going over these things with your kid every day, then uh, the more they're going to be better off later on in life. And Chuck, you're going to like this little outside research. Um, I read a study, or I read an article on a study, I should admit, um, of 15 months old that shows that sporadic napping actually helps us form the memories needed to uh, learn languages. Really? Yeah. So they they used a made up language that they uh, taught to these kids. Esperanto? N- n- not quite. Okay. Um, it was like just a uh, babble, but it did have um, patterns in it. 
Gotcha. Uh, recognizable patterns. Uh-huh. Um, and they found that kids who nap more often were able to pick up this language or retain memories of how to speak this language better than kids who didn't nap as often. You know, I think that ties into something we said a long time ago about the brain during sleep using that time to file file everything mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. That was in a, maybe And that's what podcast. dreams are, too. Right. That they're uh, misfiles. Dude. Yeah. We're just covering everything we've covered in the past. So, uh, full I think, circle, buddy. Uh, yeah, we're good like that, aren't we? Yeah. we? Should we talk about how, uh, toothpaste and orange juice don't mix? <laughs> yeah, that's a classic. Um, I guess that's it, right? Uh, I'm done. If you want to learn more about